Hello, this is a daily tech and time sharing support tech news if you seem really interesting, so do stick around and I do hope you enjoy. Uh, so firstly today we saw or was it yesterday? It was within recently few hours and twenty hours, something like that. Um we saw the Huawei Mate forty, uh, and the other things that Huawei so the Mate forty series. Also, do stick around until the end, and you'll be able to hear all about this and more. And also, um, all the articles that I do talk about will be linked in the description, in order as well. So if you want to go and read a certain one for yourself, you can. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so of course, the, this main article does talk about the Huawei uh, Mate 40 on its own, but it does mention the Mate 40 Pro and all the stuff from that as well, and the Pro Plus, uh, and all of that, and RS. So, yes, it's quite good. As this first one's by TechRadar. So the Huawei Mate 40 and its siblings, the Huawei Mate 40 Pro and the Huawei Mate 40 Pro Plus, along with the super premium uh, Porsche design Huawei Mate 40 RS, are likely to be the last major flagship phone launches of 2020, as they were announced in late October. Uh, and there's nothing else significant that we can think about until 2021. So this one's quite interesting. Of course, how significant uh, they are is up for debate. With no US launch planned and no access to Google mobile services, they certainly have higher hardware. But if you can, but if you can get past those issues, they're worth more than that. Obviously, uh, they are not going to be launching in the US. I'm not sure about the UK if any certain ones are. Uh, so the Huawei Mate 40 range was announced on October the 22nd. Let's see, yeah, yesterday, but kind of how time zones work. Of course, I'm in the UK. They're probably announced in um, China, I presume. Uh, but that's not when you'll be able to buy the phone. In fact, if you're in the US, you won't be able to buy them at all. Uh, like all recent Huawei phones, they're not launching in the country. Uh, so, pricing is only in euros, which puts the standard Mate 40 at 899 euros, which is around 810 British pounds, 1,065 US dollars, and Australian 1,500. Uh, the Mate 40 Pro at 1,199 uh, euros. Uh, 1,080 British pounds and 1,420, uh, no, so 1,420 US dollars and 2,000 Australian dollars. And for the Mate 40 Pro Plus, these are very expensive phones. Uh, 1,399 euros, which is around 1,260 British potatoes and 1,655 US dollars and 2,330 Australian US, uh, Australian dollars. Sorry, did I say US? And then the Porsche Design Mate 40 RS, which is priced at a very um, hefty 2,295 euros, which is approximately 2,070 uh, British pounds, 2,715 US dollars, and Australian 3,820 um, Australian dollars. So, yeah, this definitely, these phones are definitely high end just from the price. A self design. So the three main Huawei Mate 40 models look similar, with curved screen, a camera cut out on the top left corner, uh, and a big circular camera block on the back, which we did think was just, which was actually seen in the leak, so they were quite accurate. There are some differences though, with the Huawei Mate 40 and Huawei Mate 40 Pro coming in a choice of black, white or mystic silver glass finishes, or vegan uh, leather in uh, yellow or green. So while the Mate 40 Pro Plus is offered in a ceramic white or ceramic black finish. Uh, so, interest. Got quite good options. Uh, also, the water resistant varies between phone. Uh, so the Pro and the Pro Plus being IP68, 
uh, which is a standard for flagship phones. However, the Mate 40 just has an IP53 rating, so do not get it wet at all. It can survive a few drops. Uh, other design details include both a physical and virtual volume controls, uh, the latter letting you use uh, the curved edge of the screen to adjust the volume, and of course it has dual uh, stereo speakers, uh, so it should offer a strong bass. There's also a uh, Porsche design high Mate 40 RS, which has an octagon uh, camera housing and lines down the middle and of the back, which comes in a ceramic white or ceramic black, just like the uh, Pro Plus. As for the screen, uh, the Mate 40 has a 6.5 inch uh, 1080 by uh, 2376, which is quite good. It's really good to be fair. That screen with a 90 hertz refresh rate, which is a bit of a shame. Would have been nice to see um, 120. But I guess 90 hertz just works better. Uh, the Mate 40 Pro and Mate 40 Pro Plus, on the other hand, have a 7.6, 7, uh, 6.76 inch, uh, 1344 by 2772 uh, screen uh, with screens uh, steeply curved at edges of 88 degrees and still 90 uh, hertz refresh rate. I assume the sizes are different because the oh no, so okay, maybe the Pro Plus isn't larger. I don't know. I think it is, but who knows? Um. The Mate 40 RS presumably has the same screen as well, but that hasn't been confirmed right now. Uh, all the models also have an in-screen fingerprint scanner, as you would expect. Uh, so the Mate 40 range will have a 50 megapixel uh, f-1.9, not slash, uh, anyway, what is it, like a, a diagonal line uh, main camera, but the other lenses differ. On the standard Mate 40, you get a 16 megapixel ultra wide one and an 8 megapixel telephoto offering 3 times optical zoom and optical image stabilization, which is OIS. Uh, the Huawei Mate 40 Pro uh, takes things up a notch for a 20 megapixel ultra wide camera and a 12 megapixel periscope one uh, with an OIS and uh, 5 times optical zoom. There's also dual lens cameras on the front, consisting both of a 30 megapixel snapper and a 3D depth sensor. And the Mate 40 Pro Plus adds OAS to the 50 men, uh, milli, 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 megapixel um, f.19 uh, main camera with an OAS, uh, 20 megapixel ultra wide one, 8 megapixel periscope one, 10 times zoom and OAS, uh, 12 megapixel telephoto one, 3 times optical zoom and OAS, and a TOS sensor and a color temperature sensor, so a lot of sensors. And battery life is quite good at two. Uh, the Huawei Mate 40 has a 4200 mAh battery, uh, which is currently unconfirmed with charging speeds. The 40 Pro Pro Plus have a 4400 mAh battery with 66 watt wired charging and 50 watt wireless. Uh, both are quite fast, obviously. Uh, also, would assume the Mate 40 RS matches with the Pro models uh, in this department, as you would expect. Maybe, nah, it would probably be the same. Also, all of the models have the Curran 9000 chipset. This is a 5 nanometer chipset, much like the A14 Bionic, and Huawei have made some big claims about it. Uh, the company says that it's 10% faster than Snapdragon 865, which, is, if it's true, a uh, plus even, uh, which, if true, is going to be really good. And the GPU is apparently 52% faster, with the NPU, which is a neutral processing unit, being 2.4 times faster. It's also apparently more power efficient. Whether or not we believe this specifically might be faster, uh, whether or not we can believe this, we're not sure. And of course, when people get their hands on the phone, we will find out. They also port 5G and are uh, overlaid with Huawei's MUI um, 11 interface, but as all recent Huawei phones, there's no access to Google Play Store or Google Apps. As for RAM and storage, the Huawei Mate 40 has an 
uh, gig of RAM, 128 gig right of storage uh, option. Uh, with the 40 Pro, you get an eight, um, an eight gigabyte of RAM and 256 gigabytes of storage. And the Mate 40 Pro Plus has 12 gigs of RAM and 256 gigabytes of storage. And in the Porsche design one, there's 12 gigs of RAM and 512 gigabytes of storage. They also support Huawei's uh, M Pen 2 stylus, making alternatives to the Galaxy Note 20 range. Of course, you know, if you're in the US though, you've got no chance, and I mean, I'm not sure how many other places they will be released in. So overall, a really interesting phone, which I think is quite good, especially with the processor. If that turns out to be right, that's going to be really good. Um, and it's a shame it's not launching to the US and probably other places as well. One day it might, this might be resolved, but I think for now there's no chance of that. So yeah, it's a really nice phone though. And I think this is definitely, it fits in with the other flagships. Uh, next up, uh, this article is by TechRadar. Gamers are fixing Microsoft Flight Simulator with Google Maps. Uh, which is obviously a bit, oh god, I'm looking at the picture, which is embarrassing for Bing. Looking at this picture and there's just like a dip in the world. That doesn't look correct to me, I don't know why, but something tells me there's not just like a... St. just isn't a massive hole that's stretched out and all the lines stretch out. I don't know, that might just be me. So when Microsoft's highly anticipated Flight Simulator 2020 uh, was released earlier this year, uh, the hype for a showcase, a hype was going to be showcased for Bing Maps and Azure streaming capabilities. And whilst the game enjoyed a hugely successful launch, uh, players are turning to the rival Google Maps service for optimization and fixes. Obviously, Google Maps is really good. So Microsoft's Flight Simulator use of Bing mapping services data is also impressive that any errors or gaps in data are impossible to ignore. Uh, so in places that rendering abilities, uh, so where rendering abilities have fallen somewhat flat and it's missing some major monuments where the auto-generated tech has swapped out famous landmarks and buildings with blocky polygons or on occasion some monolithic nightmare. So, yeah. Uh, of course, unfortunately for Microsoft, the gaming community has come up with its own solution. That's to just use Google Maps to fill in the gaps. So the process is actually quite complicated, even by normal standards of creating game modifications. Uh, you can't just drag and drop the models, you have to rip and convert them for a number of programs. Uh, this process is laborious and far too detailed, obviously, to say in this small time. Uh, so... There are some good tutorials though, on Reddit, things like that. So over the, on the official uh, Flight Simulator forums, the difference in photogrammetry uh, quality, the art of extracting 3D information from photographs between Bing and Google has been highlighted, and individual comparisons between the two are noticeably apparent, as you can see from an image here. Uh, one user says, in regard to photogrammetry, we've often talked about number of cities or places that have Bing versus Google. However, when I was examining the same area on both platforms, to my precise, uh, surprise or not, the quality of the photography on Bing is a lot worse. Both texture, quality, and polygon counts. The base game is, for the most part, groundbreakingly stunning, though. So that's nothing to, that's nothing to doubt. It's still a very good game, and Microsoft had uh, done an enormous feat of gaming engineering. Um, although only most people do it to fly over your own homes and look at them and go, "Oh wow, that's my home." Yeah, that sounds quite fun to be fair. Don't think Flight Simulator runs on a 2011 iMac, though. Oh well. 
Yeah, well, right. Um, next up, this is by York Press. Uh, Amazon and Morrison start delivery service to home in uh, New York or in York, York. Uh, so from uh, today, which is October twenty second, Prime uh, members in York and the surrounding areas can shop from the Morrison's on Amazon store from their groceries for the first time. So customers in York and surrounding areas, including uh, Tasker, uh, uh, Esrick, and Stamford Bridge, are now able to do their full Morrison's shopping. Uh, from Amazon and enjoy the same free day delivery on orders over £40 as part of their membership. Esther de Gurr, Amazon UK country manager, said the launch of Morrison's on Amazon means that the even greater choice for our customers in New York. Uh, bringing together Morrison's fantastic food with Amazon's fast uh, same day delivery offered both of vessels to people who have Prime. Uh, I think it's really cool. Not too much to say there, but I think it's cool to see Amazon are including uh, their shipping service with their shop. Yeah. Uh, next though, this article is by Express. Windows 10's latest update is out now, but Microsoft admits there are already some issues, as every update seems to have. As uh, so Microsoft has started to roll out the Windows 10 October update, uh, the second of the two substantial upgrades planned uh, for uh, loads of devices. It saves the biggest features for the two blockbusters updates each year. Uh, so the Windows 10 October update brings a redesigned start menu, deeper integrations and overhauled Microsoft Edge web browser as well as a number of new useful tweaks. Uh, so as with any major operating system, especially one using such a variety of hardware from a variety of manufacturers, there are some known issues with the new update. They have confirmed four of the problems uh, that have unearthed in the latest feature-packed update. Uh, which includes some problems when installing some third-party drivers, issues when updating audio drivers, there were some problems for Microsoft IME, uh, typing software in Japanese or Chinese languages. Of course, uh, as more and more people start to install this, there's going to be more issues that people find. But at least they're confirming these and they will be working to fix them, as you obviously would. So with Windows 10, Microsoft addressed one of the most common complaints with the previous versions of the operating system, which was Windows 8 and 8.1 and killed the full-screen list of apps in favour of traditional pop-up menu, uh, menu even. Uh, but now, five years later, after it launched Windows 10 worldwide, it seems that Microsoft's ready to make some tweaks to the start menu. Thankfully, the, the company have returned to the disastrous full-screen uh, look, and it now offers a much cleaner start menu with a transmission background that gently blurs into the desktop background image, or any windowed application that happens to be open at the time. Uh, so it's known as Fluent Design, so it's bringing a softer look to everything, which is nice. Uh, so yeah, what are the other issues? Yeah, so you can just do other stuff, and there's going to be more issues. Uh, and they will fix them in more bug updates, uh, bug fix updates. So yeah, and just wait, download those when you can, but obviously make sure they're fine. Or don't download this if you don't need to yet, and do it later, once there's an issue that you know won't affect you. Yeah. Uh, next up, article by BBC. Uh, Tesla shrugs off pandemic as sales hit new record. Uh, so the firm said it made 8.7 billion US dollars in revenue in the three months to September as deliveries rose by 54%. So the firm said it still hoped to meet its goal of 500,000 vehicles this year, but it was warned this would become more difficult. Analysts also warned the firm faced mounting competition. So far, Tesla has delivered fewer than 320. Thousand, uh, yeah, three hundred twenty thousand cars to customers this year, and nearly half of those, which is one hundred thirty-nine thousand five hundred ninety-three, uh, came in three months ended 
uh, 30 September, that was 54% up for the prior quarter and 44% uh, year on year. Uh, this lift uh, this helped lift the car maker to a quarterly profit of 311 million US dollars, more than double what it made during the same period last year, uh, which was obviously good. But of course, with more competition uh, from other car manufacturers, it's obviously becoming harder to do this. Of course, once more people buy the cars, it'll be much harder. But I think there's still a chance they could reach this goal. Uh, next up, article by the Sun. Uh, so Apple superfans aren't put off by COVID as they queue for the new iPhone 12 launch. So I mean, why would you if you're going to get that fresh new iPhone? So usually Apple sees large amounts of fans huddled outside the store before it opens. But this year, coronavirus seems to have kept some buyers at home though. They're still quite busy. Oop. Um, that's not loaded again. Um, you can just see loads of people lining up. You can tell uh, they've set up social distancing stuff as they hopefully you'd expect them to. Yeah, we've just got some images here. I don't know. Uh, so face masks are also essential. You'll be required to undergo a temperature check too, uh, so everyone stays safe. Uh, you can book one-to-one -one sessions with a specialist at an Apple store to help choose a new product as well. So of course the new iPhones are really good, uh, I would say. They've made some definite improvements. Not everything we wanted to see, but still really good. And so I'm surprised that people, any new phone really, people will want. So yeah, again, not too much. Now this one's really good. Some virtual reality stuff, and I'm into virtual reality, so we'll get right into it. Uh, don't count HTC out yet. A new Vive has appeared in an FCC filing. And it's highly likely that this new Vive Focus standalone headset. Uh, so, a new SEC filing via Roto-VR, who found it, uh, from HTC suggests a new uh, Vive VR headset could be on its way to the US, and obviously likely other countries. In the filing, which is Federal Communications Commission requirement for any product admitting a wireless radio signal, uh, HTC details the wireless functions of the new device, as well as a general mock-up image containing the location uh, for the FCC certification label. Uh, while the mock-up certainly looks like the top of a HTC Vive Focus, most FCC mock-ups are general sketches and don't look like the final product generally. As you can clearly see here. Uh, the real meat of this filing are supported and tested wireless signals listed deep inside, uh, which include both Bluetooth and Wi-Fi connectivity. Uh, specifically, this new HTC headset supports 802.11ax, better known as Wi-Fi 6. Uh, it indicates that this headset is a wireless standalone uh, headset similar to the Oculus Quest 2 and other HTC Vive Focus headsets. That's critical for HTC making sure they're competing with the best headsets out there. Obviously, you would expect them to be doing this. So on top of that, recent leaks on Geekbench point to a new HTC Vive Focus headset being powered by the Snapdragon uh, XR2 chipsets that the Oculus Quest 2 uses, so we can see uh, so some really good um, competition here. Of course, that that chip is uh, quite a significant leap in performance to the Snapdragon 835, which is found in the original Oculus Quest, and the 845. That's not to say that the original Quest isn't bad, or isn't good anymore, it's still good. In fact, I've got it right now, and got it today, but yeah, like... It runs fine to what I've tested. Like, it's not slow and it feels great, so... Yeah. And finally for today, this article is by T3. Something Galaxy S21 has a smart trick music fans will love. Uh, so, 
Samsung Galaxy S21 is rumoured to be getting an early launch of possible January 2021 release, uh, where the handset could see huge changes compared uh, to this year's Galaxy S20, especially if whispers of an S-series and Note series uh, merger are true, which would be quite interesting. Uh, so the devices uh, set to look a lot different than Samsung's usual fare, based on what we've heard so far, and the latest tidbit on the design suggests a pivot aesthetic that's been rolled out support an initiative new sound system that music fans will love. Uh, so Samsung has filed a trademark uh, for blade bezel, suggesting a flat edge and frame is on the way, uh, similar to the iPhone 12. This is a massive departure from curved displays it is stuck with in the past, and more recently seen in the Galaxy S20 and Note 10. I assume there might be more to design than a simple revamp. Uh, so let's go digital reports that Samsung is looking into using flexible screens, which is interesting. Uh, for its smartphones, uh, which can pop out, um, which can pop out the housing to some degree for the purpose of creating a speaker uh, reconnaissance chamber to enhance audio sounding quality, and you can see the thing in function in the images and the pattern. Pattern. Uh, so the speakers are situated beneath the display, along with the mic and front-facing camera, and cooling fan. Meaning an undisplayed camera may also be on the card, which would be really cool as well. So this is based on a patent filed in February and published last week for an electronics device having expandable internal space and works on the same premise as the LG G7 ThinQ and its boombox speaker which uses the phone's internals as a massive uh, resonance chamber to se get seriously loud and produce real rumbling bass. Which would be really cool. Uh, so let's go to digital also reports that the documentation mentions the flexible uh, screen supports the S Pen which is something we haven't seen fits foldables. Uh, so that's going to be quite cool. So yeah, um, the blade bezel makes it makes much more sense in light of a new display. Uh, so while it may look like Samsung's lifting the iPhone 12 design, uh, which harks back to the iPhone 6, it's actually taking a huge step forwards rather than reverting back to an old format. Uh, this even puts more pressure on Apple to shake things up, uh, seeing as they're currently lagging behind with Android rivals and rolling out an old form factor, which really the change wasn't what fans wanted to see. And when the flagship still isn't supporting refresh rates above 60 hertz, for example, that's still really bad. And I really wish they had made it better, but they didn't. So yeah. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please consider subscribing and turning on bell notifications. Uh, that way, you'll be able to see all the latest tech news by me, uh, which is obviously daily. Also, if you're on anything like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, uh, Spotify, Anchor, then do click the uh, follow a heart button, there should be something like that. That way you'll also be able to see all the latest techniques by me. Anyways, have a good day.